It's good to see you all. And we just want to thank God for what he is doing in Kensington Temple. This is the house of the Lord. This is the house of the Lord. And where his presence is, there is liberty. Amen. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to come and speak into your life today. And the truth is that I'm also speaking into my own life. <laughs> and um, I speak with trepidation because I know that at the end of the day, I'm talking to God's people. Amen. Amen. Today, uh, as I was preparing to come and share, the Lord laid something interesting in my heart. It was more or less like the king, the Christianity is not about power. It's about intimacy. And he was showing me that it's out of that intimacy with him that power flows. Amen. But what we do most times, we seek power, but not intimacy. Amen. So I want to share something deep within my heart that I believe God has laid my heart for us as a church, not just Katie, but as Christians. Today we're so far away from God because we do not think that we need to spend time with him. Our deepest longing most of the time is not for him. We do not desire God's presence as we should. The truth is that we have other things <laughs> that are more precious to us. Our jobs, our families, our financial situation, our position, power, pleasure, and for some of us, the ministry. And you see, these things have become of utmost importance to many of us. And the truth is that these things are important. Please don't get me wrong. They are important. You need to work. You need to work. The Bible says if a man does not work, he should not eat. So I'm not saying they're not important. But what I'm saying is that they must never take the place of our intimacy with God. Amen. They must never replace the presence of God in our lives. And listen, I'm not just talking about reading scriptures or praying. I'm talking about cultivating a time just for God. A time to commune with him, a time to worship him, a time to pour your heart out to him, a time to talk over with him issues that affect your life, your children, your marriage, your job, your ministry. And I want us to know that God has time for us. Amen. He has time for us. Hallelujah. You might not have time for him, but he has time for us. Scripture says in Timothy, he says if we're faithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Okay? But I want us to hear what Jesus says to us in Matthew 6, verse 6. I says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. So what is he saying here? 
He's inviting us to a place of private intimacy with the King of Kings. Hello? He's inviting us. He's saying, come, you can have a private time with God. When I look through the Bible, I realize that many men of God have learned to spend time alone with God in a secret place. And that's why they were successful. I'm going to tell you a short story. <laughs> Some years ago, we were just about to have our first child. And um, you then begin to look at the work you're doing. I was working as a kitchen porter. And then I needed extra money. So I decided, let me do early morning jobs. So I started doing early morning cleaning which meant I had to leave home, four, wake up 4 a.m. to catch a bus that would take me to where I was working to start work at 5 a.m. And every time I went to catch the bus, I will hear the Lord say to me, I give my beloved sleep. <laughs> Psalm 127. I give my beloved sleep. And I would just keep going, kept going. Then one day, I said, I've had enough of God pestering me. <laughs> about sleep. So I went to see my manager. I said, um, I've come. He said, oh, Roland, I've been looking for you. Um, we've decided to promote you as a cleaning supervisor. <laughs> a cleaning supervisor. And I, yes. And then I started doing my cleaning supervisory job, and then the Lord started all over again. I give my beloved sleep. And I said the wrong thing that I'm not advising you to do. I said to the Lord, you take the decision. Do what you want. I got to the workplace the following day. I was sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I was sacked. This is what I want you to know. If you truly love God, and I'm just talking about coming to church. I'm talking about if you truly love God, if your heart yearns for God, God will do anything. He will chase you until he gets hold of you. Amen. What I was missing and what God was saying to me I'm missing was my lone time with him. Even though it was in the toilet, because we didn't have a big house then, so I had to go into the toilet and spend time alone with him. Many of us Christians, we have great potentials to fulfill God's purpose, but we've not learned how to overcome the numerous distractions in our lives to be able to spend time with him. Isaiah 43 says, but those who wait on the Lord he will renew their strength. But listen to me, he wasn't who wait for. Because there's a difference. To wait on is to be expected. To wait on is to serve. It means you remain in his presence. To wait for is to have an expectation. It's in your waiting on that your waiting for comes into realization. But we've got to learn to wait on him. To be alone with God is to be able to carve out time from our busyness and say, Lord, this is for you. 
Amen. This is for you. You know, we normally quote this scripture from Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that God has a plan. We, God has good thoughts for us and that kind of a thing. But you know, that scripture doesn't stop there. Because when you go to 12, it says, when you seek me with all your heart, <laughs> then 13 says, then I'll be found by you. So in seeking him in that lonely place, just within, is when you discover God's plans for your life. That's when you discover God's plans for your family. That's when you discover God's plan for your marriage. That's when you discover God's plan for your, for your future. And I want to say to you, it's never found in a gathering of many people. The reason why it's not is you can go into the gathering, the celebration, and receive the strength and the motivation and inspiration to find it, but you have to do it in his presence. Praise the Lord. I believe that God wants us to come into his presence and be alone with him. And that's why Jesus said, when you pray, go into that secret place. Because in that secret place is a place of intimacy. Is a place where you and you and God alone can commune. I realize that God will only reveal his plans to those who intimately spend time with him. I look at a man like Abraham. Abraham, when you look at the life of Abraham, you realize that Abraham had recognized God's voice and he made time to be with him. He made time to give him attention. And so when we come to, 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 to Genesis 18, God has just come into town and Abraham was able to recognize that God is in town and he entertained God. Amen. And as he was, God was about to leave. Let's look at verse 16 of Genesis 18. He says, the man arose from there and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. He went to send, he went with God alone. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? You see, our alone time with God will make him reveal his plans to us. I realize that most times we say, oh, God is about to do this. God is about to do that. But you're not spending time with him to be able to know his heart. He says the secret things belong to the Lord, but he has revealed it to you and your children. Amen. He says the plans of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of wisdom dig deep. So when you're digging deep, in whose presence are you digging deep? So Abraham is here, and God begins to tell him about what he wants to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. Where Abraham knows that his nephew is in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so... Now God has revealed his plan about Sodom. He's revealed his plan about Gomorrah. And Abraham knows that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do it. So what does he do? He stands in the place of intercession. What am I bringing out here? Do you want to intercede to see things change? It has to be in the lonely place, in the alone time with God. Amen. And God heard Abraham. Because by the time we go to Genesis 19, 
27 to 29, God remembered Abraham. And I'm going to take it from verse 29. He says, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of a plain of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. What are we seeing here? A man who spends time alone with God will get to know what God is doing. And because you know what God is doing, you can stand in the place of prayer. You can stand in the place of intercession. And God honors a prayer of a man who spends time alone with him. Amen? Praise the Lord. Am I challenging me today? I sometimes have people come to me and say, but pastor, we have prayed. And I always ask them, where? At a prayer meeting or alone with God? And this is what's interesting. Look, people of God, I can tell you testimonies about my life, the things I've prayed for. First year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, ninth. And I'm, Lord, when, when, when? And then one day, bam. He says, in the Jew season. So there's always a Jew season for the children of God. And those seasons are never our season, but as it says in the book of Galatians, when it pleased God. Is there someone today who wants it when it pleases God? Because when it pleases God, it's always beautiful. Hallelujah. You know, in times of trouble, we can come before him. And I realize that spending time alone with God is what brings about transformation. Spending time alone with God will reveal your blind spots. <laughs> Amen. Let me quickly tell you a joke. In my office where I used to work, someone came and said, you talk too much, Roland. At first it was like, <clears throat> then as I left, you talked too much and found my place. I said, Lord, I thank you for revealing me. Because you see, most times we don't want God to reveal us. <laughs> when he revealed me, you talk too much. Guess what I've done? I'm trying to talk less, except when I preach. <laughs> you want God to take you to that place where he reveals you. Because it's when he reveals you that you become beautiful. The beauty is already on the inside. But it's only in the presence of God alone with him, that he begins to bring it out. Amen? Let's look at the life of J Jacob. Jacob. Jacob had a troubled life. Amen? But it was when doom was approaching, he realized, remember, in one of the scriptures, he was there and he said, God was here, but I did not know it. And he made a vow, but he still did not fulfill that vow. But this time, he is in the presence of God because things have happened. Let's quickly look at Genesis 32, 22 to 29. He says, verse 22, and he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Let me just stop there for a while. He sent everything, everyone. You know, sometimes, I've discovered sometimes spending time alone with God in your house is not the best. 
except you have a place that you can hide away and you know you won't be disturbed. He sent his family away. It was decision time. He was going to meet with God. And listen to what scripture says in verse 24. It says, then Jacob was left alone. Amen. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. He said, let me go for day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob has been running around with stolen blessing. He's been running around with borrowed blessing. But on the day he met with God face to face, his life was changed. It first started with him being broken. Secondly, his name was changed from Jacob, which was a supplanter to the prince of God. But it did not stop there. When Jacob said, what is your name? The Bible did not say he told him his name. He says he blessed him. Amen. His life became transformed. From a man who has stolen blessings that did not belong to him to a man who is now blessed by God. A long time with God will bring you to your blessing. It will transform your life. It will reveal to you the deepest longing of your heart. It will reveal to you and myself those things that we've been holding on to. He will reveal the pride. He will reveal the arrogance. Sometimes you're in that place alone with him. And he begins to reveal things to you. And you begin to see yourself. And you begin to weep. Amen? Because you're in the presence of a holy God. But can you imagine? A holy God wants you to come into his presence. Why are we running? Amen? There's so many distractions. I also realize that when you're anguished, in pain, when you feel empty, when you feel fruitless, when you feel as though the world is, is falling down on you. I realize that you can be like Hannah. Hannah went past the provocation. She went past all the pain, the abuse, the maligning. And what she did was she came to a day when she decided, I've had enough of this. And what did she do? She came into the house of God with no one looking, no one watching. It wasn't an entertainment. It was God, I want to meet with you. Amen. God, from the anguish of my heart, from the pain of my heart, I just want to be alone with you. The Bible says she prayed from the anguish of her heart. And guess what? Even the priest did not recognize what was going on. Nobody needs to know what you're praying. Nobody needs to know that you're communing with God. It's just you and him. And I want to encourage you and say to you that it's in that place of your pain, it's in that place of your sorrow, it's in that place of your anguish that he meets with you. And guess what? He doesn't leave you there. Oh, people of God, I've had my times of anguish. I've had my times. I've had to just remain in his presence and I say, Lord, help me. Help me. Because it gets to a time in your life that everyone you've depended on, everyone you've looked up to, everyone you have felt will do something for you, 
will disappoint you. But he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Are you getting me? So my question is, where are you drawing your strength from? Who is the source of your strength? He says, those who wait on him, what does he say? He will renew, which means you went in weak, you're coming out strong. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you went in weak, you're coming out strong. Because you've learned to spend time in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible tells us that Anna was there. And God met with him. Spending time alone with God is the best thing you can ever do. Mary and Martha, Jesus comes visiting. And you know what? Some of us can be so busy. As Jesus comes into the house, Mary sits at his feet, and Martha is going round and round. And all of a sudden, Martha screams out to Jesus, Jesus, hey, can't you see? I'm busy. I'm preparing food for you. And Jesus went, Martha, Martha, what's the problem with you? Look, Mary has found something. Let's quickly look at it in Luke 10, 41. And Jesus answered and said to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things. You know, sometimes we have a lot of challenges in our lives. We have a lot of stuff in our lives and we want to deal with them. But what Jesus is saying here, wait a minute, Mary has found something that no one else can take away from her. Do you know that one thing nobody can take away from you is that your personal time alone in his presence. Nobody. Amen. It's in that place that you hear him. It's in that place that you hear the plans he has for your life. It's in that place that you become rejuvenated, that you can come out again and say, yes, let the weak say that I am strong. It's in that place alone with him. Amen. And I'll discover that God does not reveal himself to everybody, but those who have time for him. Spending time alone with God will read our minds of distraction so that we can focus on him. I want to encourage us today to enjoy intimacy, being alone with the Lord. You know, most times we say, I want to be like Jesus. And we quote Paul's epistles where he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. How many of you the scriptures. But do you want to imitate Christ? Let me give you some scriptures. Matthew 14, 23. It says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself, that's alone, to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone, there. <laughs> All alone. Communing with God. Look at Luke 6, 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. There was nobody there. Let's look at Mark 1, 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. 
The relationship Jesus had with God wasn't for him to go and say, I want something. It was, I want to be with you. I want to chat with you. That's why Jesus was bold enough to say, I never do anything except I see my father do it. I never say anything except I hear my father say it. Why? Because he had time for God. Even after all the miracles, even after the feeding of 5,000, some of us would be, hey, Instagram, can you see? I just fed 5,000. <laughs> and then tomorrow we go, how many likes? Jesus, the minute he finished, he disappeared to be with his father. Amen? Are you hungry for more of him? Only few people. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I just want us to know today that God is calling the church back to a place alone with him. Amen? Alone with him. We need time to be alone with God. You know, the apostles in Mark 6, 31 to 32, after they had done all that they needed to do, the feeding of the 5,000, I'll just quickly read from 31, Mark 6. It says, and he said to them, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not have time to eat. So they departed to a desert place in a boat by themselves. People of God, I want to encourage us about something. That we need rest. And we can always find that rest in the presence of God. After we've done everything we, need, we are doing, after we've done everything, after we've prayed, we've preached, we've done everything, we want to come to his presence alone. I normally say to my family when we go on holidays, they're full of activities. And um, I'll say to them, the first two days, I don't want to do any. And they go, dad, dad. I say, no, I don't want to. Because I realize that when you're physically tired, you're spiritually useless. <laughs> Have you ever thought about it? When you're tired, physically tired, you can read the Bible. So the best thing for you to do when you go on holidays, instead of running around, just sit down in a room alone and say, Lord, I'm tired. Be truthful to God. When I'm hurt, I say to God, I'm hurt. When I'm angry, I say, God, I'm angry. <laughs> Are you getting me? Let's take off the, 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 the mask when we come before God. Even Moses took off the mask. In front of everyone, he had a mask on. But when he came to God, he took off the mask. It's time for us to take off the mask. In that lonely place with him. And say, Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I have need. Lord, I don't know you. Amen. So Jesus says to them, come aside from yourself. Because you've been working. You've been busy. Amen? When you're physically strong, you'll be spiritually alert. Amen? 
Do you know being in the presence of God actually transforms us alone with him? It transforms us. It makes us look like him. Do you believe that? Does the scripture say, as we behold him, 2 Corinthians 3, it says, as we behold him, we're being transformed into his image from glory to glory. Amen. Moses goes up the mountain. Himself, Abinadab, and all the other leaders. And the Bible says they saw God. They saw God and they ate. But God then called Moses and Joshua. He takes them to the next level. Then he takes Joshua to an, uh, he takes Moses to another level. And in that next level, the Bible tells us in, in Exodus, uh, Exodus 24, I'll take it from verse 15. He says, then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, so let's stop. Covered for how many days? Six days. And Moses is in that cloud. We do not have any documentation that God spoke to him. Hmm? We do not have any documentation that miracles happened. Is there six days? Nothing. And what I'm trying to bring out here for you is that there are times you go into this presence in that place alone with him that he will not speak. It does not mean that he does not know you're there. He knows you're there. But what he's doing is building patience. You know, sometimes we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit can only be cultivated in His presence alone. When there is that silence, when He's not saying anything. But some of us will be, oh, I'm here in the presence of God. What's up? Facebook? <laughs> Instagram? <laughs> and then we leave, oh, I was in the presence of God. Oh, it was such a wonderful time in the presence of God. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Do you know why I know it wasn't? Because God called Moses again on the seventh day to another level. <laughs> he called him to another level on the seventh day, and on the seventh day, from the seventh day, he stayed 40 days and 40 nights not eating or drinking. And what did God do? God revealed more to him. And by the time Moses comes down, the Bible says his face was actually radiating because he had spent time alone with God. The church, and myself included, we need to radiate God. Amen. <laughs> And the only way we can do that is in his presence, alone with him, not with everyone else there, because that's where he will deal with the pride, he will deal with the arrogance. Moses could have stayed up there for the sixth day and say, God, I have a million complainers, complaining people there. I need to go back down to them. But being in the presence of God was more important to him than those complainers. You know why? Because when God deals with him, then he can deal with the complainers. And you know what? He won't even have to deal with them. It will be God dealing with them. Amen? The story of my life sometimes shocks me. 
I come from a background of who people will see you. Hey, that's Roland, that's Roland, that's Roland, to walking as a kitchen porter. And then I, I remember washing dishes, and I'm crying. And God says, son, I'm teaching you to be humble. Ah, oh, Lord, do it a different way. <laughs> How many of you sometimes want him to do it a different way? He wouldn't. Because if Jesus had to come as a child, the creator of the universe, and be born in a stable, in a manger, and run away from Herod, be slapped, kicked, so that you and I can step into his glory. Why do we think it should be any different for us? Why? It's time we woke up, church. I'm not talking about woke now. I'm talking about we waking up. Amen. Our busyness truly has obscured our need to be alone with him. <laughs> I don't know how busy you are. I don't know how busy. Reverend Scott, please, can you come up again? We must let other things come. They will come, seriously. But God supplies all your needs. But this is what we do. Reverend Scott is God for today. <laughs> and this is me, this Christian that says, I love the Lord. I wake up in the morning. Good morning, God. I love you. Work, children today, whatever, social, um, Instagram, <laughs> everything, again, church, we go, we come back, <coughs> we wake up, good morning God, good morning. we start all over again, we're just going round and round and round, we've not stopped at any given time to wait, to remain in his presence, to hear from him. But we go, oh, Pastor Claudette, what have you got to preach today? We listen to that. We go, um, Ron, what have you got to preach today? We listen to that. We listen to this. Good morning, God. I'm back from those meetings. <laughs> Thank you. Sir. When was the last time? You created time for him. Please, I hope I'm making sense. And then we say we don't see the power of God. We become so entertained. Amen. That we've lost sense of the importance of his presence. We spend time doing everything else but not seeking him. Jesus says, come, come aside. You know why he wants us to come aside? Because he wants to open his heart to us. 
You know, when we pray in the secret place, he says he rewards us openly. So this is what happens. In that place of alone with him, you step out of that place having been with him, and as you go, he says, pray for this person, and you pray for them. He says, speak to this person, and you speak to them. So you're walking with him. Because we're walking in unity. You only walk in unity with him when you have spent time alone with him. Amen? I, look, I love my wife. Okay? I will see her off when we were courting. See her off. She will see me off. I'll see her back. She will see me. We kept going like that. And then we'll then get to a point. One person will say, okay, you go. Then go. Because we did not want to leave each other. Am I making sense? But if you say, if we say we love God, truly if we say we love God and we say he loves us, why is it that most times we don't want to be in his presence? We don't want to be alone with him. We'll read his word, we go. But there is no intimacy. And I began to realize that it's in that place of intimacy that he breaks me. Because I'm always going to break me. Break me. Maybe, it, maybe it's, I go like a stock record, always telling him, break me, break me, break me. Remove pride from me. Remove arrogance from me. Lord, Lord, if my wife does something, and then I go, love, teach me to love my wife. Lord, teach me to love my wife. Look, I'm being real with you. Because I'm preaching like this does not mean I don't have my challenges. But I know where to go to. I know who to run to. I know who I will go to. And you know what? He says he chastises those whom he loves. And I know he loves me. When was the last time you sat just alone and you're not saying, God, I know you love me. I know you love me. But you're saying, God, I love you. I love you. I love you, God. I love you. I will say I love you until every vein, until every muscle, until every fiber in me screams out, I love you. Amen. We've got to get to that point. It's not a place where you say, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. Look, if God didn't give me anything again, I'm blessed. Okay? Does that mean I don't have needs? I do. But I want us to get to a place where we realize that our being alone with him is what grows us in confidence. The more we get to know him, the easier he gets to recognize his voice, the more he will reveal his plans for our life and that of our family. So today what I'm challenging everyone is here is set aside and determine to remain in his presence. Sometimes just stay there, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just love him. Just love him. Sometimes we talk too much in his presence. We need to get to a point where we don't say anything. He says in his presence, let your words be few. Amen. He says in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. He says at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. He says the entrance of his word brings light. He brings illumination when you allow him to speak to you. Amen. God loves us and is yearning to spend time with us. So let us ask ourselves, 
Are we alone with him now? Or are we more concerned with our ideas, our ministry, our friends? You know, God cannot reach or teach us anything until we become quiet and allow him to speak. Most times you are speaking, but he's saying, stop, let me speak. Amen. How many of you want more of him? You want to say, Lord, I want to go past the distractions. Listen, people of God, distractions will always come, <laughs> whether we like it or not, because that's a ploy of the enemy. But just like Daniel, he says, Daniel's, Daniel purposed in his heart. We've got to purpose in our heart that being alone with him is more important than anything else in this world.